Welcome to Bethel Radio Hour, where Bible study and radio collide. Tonight in our segments, we will be discussing Romans 8, verses 22 through 25, sharing sugar sticks, and then conversing on raising children. I am Molly Kingston, your producer, and joining me on the panel is Pastor Ben Kingston, Dr. Gavin Hooks, and Mr. Ryan Mayberry. Gentlemen, riddle me this. What does a man do only once in his lifetime, but women do once a year after they've turned 29? Yes. Yes. The answer is turn 30. Men turn 30 once. Women do it every year year after they've turned 29. We're not doing so well on these questions. No, no, we're we're not. It's because we're way over 30. (laughs) 30 Uh, times 2. That's a distant memory. Yes. (laughs) Not even a memory. (laughs) It's distant. There is a woman in this church that will not tell her age. She will not. And I would say her name, but I, I'd probably get in trouble. Challenge accepted. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, we encourage the audience members to text any questions or input about all topics of discussion that we broach. As always, if you listen later online, please comment your answer on the Facebook post and then like and share so others can join in on the fun. So like I said, we're going to discuss Romans chapter 8, verses 23 through 29. 5. 22 through 25. Mm. So uh, I have a real-life situation with that age thing. I've said for a while, being at 58, I'm in a no-win situation because to the younger generation, I'm as the ancient of days, and to the folks that are 80 and above, I'm a young whippersnapper. So um, I... a tweener. Right, I'm a tweener. And so... uh, Burger King and Union is my new Union office. I don't know if you knew that, but with taking Tony back and forth to school, I'll go there and, and do work and the such. Uh, well, there's several guys that are 80 or better. I'd say probably 8 to 12 on any given morning there, and they have officially called me into their group. So <laughs> the other day I'm, I'm talking to them, and uh, I, I made the mistake of saying that I was 58, and they said, oh, you know, you're so young. It only gets worse from here. Yeah, right, yeah. right. <laughs> One guy goes, huh? <laughs> he couldn't hear me. <laughs> so anyway, it was fun. I'm looking forward to it. So fries on you at Burger King? Pretty, pretty uh, much, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, well they, they all brag about how much money they have, so... I, <laughs> Maybe you know, on them. them. That's, yeah. that's right. They're all Catholic. I'm Baptist. I'm going to take advantage of this. got to spend that money. <laughs> we, we've had a good conversation so far. All right, so Romans 8, 22, 25. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth <clears throat> in pain together until now. And it seems like that Paul has just almost, and I mean this in a good sense, he's, he's been distracted in Scripture, and, and he's almost daydreaming aloud, per the Spirit, you know, about how great heaven's going to be, and, and how the creation and we are, are groaning in this, if you will, bondage of slavery and the such. And so uh, we travaileth in pain together until now, and not only so, but ourselves also, who have the first fruits of the Spirit. And, of course, these are people that have accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. 
you would have to correct me on this, but I'm assuming his reference to the first fruits of the Spirit is that Jesus has just recently died. And everybody that comes to faith in Christ in this junction of the beginning of Scripture, they're the first fruits of the Spirit. You and I would not be considered the first fruits of the Spirit. You know, we're 2,000 years later. But, but it's still happening. People are still coming to Christ uh, and, and the such. Um, I, you, you know, you always hear businesses say established in, you know, 1990, 2000, 1960, whatever. I've yet to hear a business go established A.D. 60, you know, or A.D. 30. And so the Church of Jesus Christ is the longest running uh, entity that I am aware of type thing. Uh, so I think that's pretty cool. Uh, even we ourselves groan within ourselves waiting for our adoption to witness the redemption of our body, for in hope were we saved, but hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopeth for that which he seeth, but if we hope for that which we see not, then we then do we with patience wait for it. So, uh, just breaking this down, uh, you know, for we know that the whole creation groaneth and tra travaileth in pain together until now. I, I really believe that this is, you know, you could use the argument that what the world is using as a slam dunk argument that we're killing our world, climate change, is in reality just the world suffering under the bondage of sin. Mm. And so, you know, I personally am not how the world would claim it as a denier. I don't deny that this world is travailing under the bondage of sin. I am denying that this world's going to blow up before God is done with it. And so here we have a scriptural proof that our world is struggling, if you will, it is suffering. And when you look at where we're at as human beings, you know, we've talked about this pretty recently, looking through the uh, porthole of your life to heaven. You know, who, who do you have in heaven that, that you can't wait to see again? You know, each morning, Dawn and I try to do that as an exercise to look through the porthole of heaven in our lives, and we see our loved ones. We see, you know, my brother, our son or daughter, uh, so on and so forth in heaven. Well, uh, th that's us longing. That that's us suffering, if you will, on this side with the pain and reality. You know, most recently with the loss of of Hayden, we're, we're we're suffering under the the sin and the load of this world. We're we're hoping for a better day. Someone, I, I really like the metaphor there uh, of birth being the example that he gives to help explain what's going on. Right. So it's a, it's a, a and I, I I'm without my laptop tonight. It's in the shop, but that word travaileth. I wonder what that means in the original language. The what labor. Word. So it labor. is labor yep. pain. Yep. So awesome. So it's it's very um, very descriptive. So it's a it's a pain that has a due date. It, it's going to come to a, a, a head at some point. It, it's it's a pain that has hope filled with. It's filled with hope. It's a pain with a purpose. There's, well, there's and it, it's necessary, right? It's yeah, necessary right. in order to bring about what we're hoping for. Something joyous, something wonderful, something filled with potential, and it's a it's a pain with an expiration date too. It's Correct. Going to end at some point. It's great, great metaphor. So, uh, 
And, and not only so, you know, but ourselves, and, and we've talked about that, who, who have the first fruits of the Spirit. Again, any comments you guys want to make on that from the standpoint of, you know, I, I really do believe Paul's referring to this first batch, if you will, of believers uh, w- within 30 to 100 years of Jesus coming. Uh, you, you know how it goes that the first 30 to 100 years, it, any child that, that follows, it, it's a fresh situation uh, and the such, and and then from there, depending on how well the families pass on those traditions, which I believe with all my heart is the purpose for discipleship. You know, Jesus knows, God knows how prone we are to forget. You know, I, that was one of the first cliches that I was taught in history uh, class. Those that forget the past are condemned to repeat it. You know. And here we've only been how many years away from Hitler and what went on in World War II. And even though arguably so, both sides accuse each other of being Hitler-like, the reality is one of the sides is. And the whole thing of telling a lie over and over and over and over so that sooner or later they will believe it. Well... Have we been so far from World War II that we're forgetting the damage of that type of approach, you know, and the such? I would say absolutely. I mean, you can see it with the Jew hatred that rose up after Hamas attacked them and all of the support that the terrorists got. I mean, it's Nazi-level evil rising up again. Correct. Absolutely. Uh, Going to the verse, though, about the first fruits of the Spirit, I think, though, it could also be argued that the first fruits of the Spirit is salvation. So that's the first thing that the Spirit does from, you know, from Jesus' uh, So death. it's not so much the people, but the act. Right. And then the like next fruit would be eternity, and that would be the second fruits that we would be given right. by the Spirit. Just, just thinking about the whole fact that we're saying that the whole of creation has been groaning in pain right up to the present time, and we were considering the present time that he's talking about as heaven or as the end of the earth into the new creation and that's the only reason why i would assume that he's actually talking about everyone here right. that even us mm-hmm. christians now just as the christians at right after jesus's resurrection and mm-hmm. death that we are considered in this verse too that we're oh, considered those who have received the first fruits of the spirit oh i see what you're saying so but but along those lines uh, and, and I, i'm in agreement uh if the first fruit would be salvation, then the natural progression would be maturity, sanctification, you know, um, bearing so, fruit. So that the moment that we have been saved, mm-hmm. we are groaning within ourselves, right. eagerly awaiting right. our adoption of sonship. Right. And, and, and let me ask this, you know, don't you have, and, and you got to put this word in quotations and we're talking figuratively, Okay. But the deeper you go with Christ, don't you have a greater hatred for the world? Mm. You know, the system, the world system, not its people, you know, uh, and the such, and not the creation. Right, and just how evil it yeah, has Yeah, the demonic become. world system, if you will. Yeah. You have a hatred for that. You, you don't grow in that until you grow into Christ. Right. And, and so, you know, the, the, the first fruits of the Spirit, uh, salvation, uh, and then maturity, and, and, and it, yes, ultimately it's, it's heaven. Yeah. No, Very good. So, you know, even ourselves, we groan within ourselves. We desire for that. Um, you know, 
as a youth director, I can remember chafing, if you will, under the reality that I'm dealing with young people that are being raised by parents that may or may not be or have the same end goal as their youth director has, mm. which is maturity in Christ. Mm. You know, now I, I would lovingly address that, you know, with the parents, and I would, you know, the, the folks that attend here will hear me say from the pulpit, uh, you know, more than once, that I, I commend any mother or father that prepares their child for the world, you know, how to change a flat, you know, how to do homework, stuff like that. But even greater than that is to prepare your child for the world spiritually. You know, how to pray, how to read your Bible, how to win people to Christ, how to grow, how to deal with trials and tribulations, uh, how to fight spiritually, you know, spiritual warfare, so on and so forth. And, and as you grow in that nurture and admonition of God's Word, you groan uh, through the uh, struggles of this life and day. And Dr. Lehman has gone a long way to help him with that. Yeah, absolutely. Giving you a strategy to do that. Absolutely. So waiting for our adoption, Gavin. Mr. Adoption right yes, here. sir. This is one of my Hit me with something. <laughs> so, Because uh, you were gone last week when the adoption was brought up. Oh, was it? It was two started? weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Okay. I thought I got to Don't confuse me with facts. Oh, well, okay. So uh, <laughs> All right. the, the, the language of the New Testament, I thought it was here two weeks ago. Was it? You might have been. It, it does, you yeah, missed I've one week away. where we track. talked about being an orphan. We, we did miss yeah, that. But that's you came right. back and that's you right. talked a little bit about it last week. We, we put you down. It's all recorded. Here. We it's can pull recorded. up that's the right. records. <laughs> uh, we could do it. Uh, um, but the entire entirety of the New Testament is imbued with that language. The, right. the idea of you becoming part of God's family, which is an eternal family and an eternal consequence. So um, if you are a person that doesn't come from a Christian family, um, this language in particular would be uh, endearing to you. You're going to have a new family, a new heritage, new standards, new guidelines for your family, new um, customs for your family, um, and you can be the first one in your line to be part of that, that heritage. A place uh, to belong. Over and over again, that uh, adoption uh, got... I'm going to butcher the verse, but it talks about how great a love is he lavished on us, that he has counted us as sons right. of his God, of sons of God. He's given us the opportunity to be sons of God. Right. And it's a lavish provision for, for us. I um, love that word, Jesus, lavish. Yeah, Jesus said. Beyond reason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, heaping, heaping, right. heaping on you. Um, and not just junk. Right. Wonderful, right. rich things that you, know, you, you could spend That money can't buy. And you could spend a lifetime exploring and discovering the, right. the significance of it. And uh, Jesus promises he'll not leave us as orphans in John chapter 8, I believe. Uh, so th th that's kind of an odd promise for men who are raised in f complete families. Mm. Jesus was the only one orphaned in that group. Right. So he, he understood the, the uh, importance of letting them know, you're going to be part of my family. And right. I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to come to you. And... I guess in John, uh, was it John 8, the road to Emmaus? He actually did that. He right. two, two disciples who felt like they'd just been orphaned, philosophically, religiously, socially, culturally. He went to them, brought them back in, um, finally when they sat down to eat. Right. And, and that was that story that uh, 
Ravi Zacharias talks about when they ask him, are you like the only person in Jerusalem that doesn't know what's went on? <laughs> and Jesus is like, I'm probably the only person in this world that knows exactly what went on in the last three days. Uh, all right, waiting for our adoption to witness the redemption of our body. So, you know, we're, we're in hi-fi uh, or whatever that sci-fi, high-tech world, AI now, and all that jazz. So movie after movie after movie, deals with this in a sci-fi area as far as regeneration right you know so 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 the person's body is just about destroyed and they get some magic drug and they're in front of the camera they they regenerate back to their 25 year old self and uh you know will we have that experience when our dust particles show up in heaven will god you know regenerate us and well, will we witness that I'm, well, I, I sure hope we're not 80 year olds stumbling <laughs> around <laughs> yeah so you know is there going to be a, a, a an age specific person in heaven are we all going to be 35 years old or i've always picked that you know you will be your best you there you yeah go. and that's what i was like i prefer i don't think a, i've experienced uh, that yet <laughs> a fantasy style <laughs> Well, I, no, you won't on this earth. Right. You haven't experienced your joke. perfect body. Well, I, I didn't it. take it as one. And uh, <laughs> I know it was, but I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> I've completely lost my train of thought. Okay, so you don't think we will be regenerated in front well, of people's no, it's eyes? Well, no, I, I was going to say, I'm going to take you took sci-fi. I'm more of a fantasy lover. It's more of an What's ageless thing. Okay. Well, well, okay, we're not going to get into that. But so more of like the elves. They didn't yeah, 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 age. Yeah. Yeah. And they were just eternally stuck in the prime right. of their well, no, life type. I thing. agree with that. Right. I, I'm talking about but, when we show up. But I don't even think we'll be able to compare it to an age. Gotcha. Because, like I said, I don't think we have experienced the perfection that we're going to have. Right. And I think we're going to have abilities that we haven't had on Earth. Certainly. Such as maybe walking through walls and things like that. Yeah. Flying. Flying. Fly. I would yeah. love it. Please. So in the moment, in the in a twinkling of an eye, right. it says the dead in Christ will rise first. So it's going to happen pretty quick. I'm not sure there's going to be a, you know, you, you can watch it happen. Right. Boom, you'll, you'll be And, you renewed. know, so w w we're not going to really give, what would the word be, um, we're not going to give deference to this argument as much as just recognize that it's there. This has been an issue for the older folks especially when cremation has become such a popular, hmm. you know, deal as opposed to burying the body, it's cheaper, you know, uh, such of that nature. Well, and that's a pretty narrow scope of history, too. Absolutely. Like we have yeah, because back in the day where everybody was cremated. Right, right, right. exactly. Type thing. Right. But or when I guess you're lost at sea, at, like there's right. so many ways that the bodies have been disposed of right. uh, to limit God only that he can resurrect your body if it has been preserved in the ground. And the key word is limit there. Right. B because when I, got, when I started getting asked this question probably 15 years ago, because that's when it became so popular, they wanted to know, was there a biblical argument against that? I can't find one. And as I was wrestling with it myself, it basically came to me, it, it, the Lord created us out of nothing. You know, right. it's not going to be a stretch for him to start with new particles, you know, and make us, and make us exactly the way we were, meaning improved and glorified. Right, and the important part of our existence is the eternal part, mm -hmm. which is our spirit, our body is, Correct. you know, again, like something you said, he can remake with yep. new material. But, but, but no I mean, material. yeah, you know, when, when folks started coming, I wanted to give them a good answer, you know. 
Um, and, and, you know, my joke with Dawn has always been, when I'm dead, I'm dead. You do what's in your best interest in the families. Fertilizer. Yeah, that's right. But <laughs> I said, just keep this in mind. I have preached against hell all my life. I'd rather not have any part of it. <laughs> but, but still, you know, I won't feel anything. It'll be okay. You know, uh, and so that's my approach. If someone says that they're, you know, thinking about cremation, that's between you and God. You know, I'm good. It, it, God's not going to really go, oh, no. You know, another one, it's going to be hard. To, no, it's not going to be hard for God I, at all. I just go right to the scientific side of this. So d God has a record of your DNA. Yeah. Somewhere he's got a record mm, of your you DNA. This, uh, have you heard of this huge seed bank they have? And it's the northernmost part of Norway. Um, Svalgard, yes. there's a seed bank up there. They've got seeds from all over the world and buried in the earth up right. there. Um, I, I presume that God has a similar right. library. DNA. Of DNA. Um, he, he, it says he knew us before we were formed in our, in our mother's womb. Right. So he knew the, the recipe for us, at least before we were born. So interesting. Okay. Good stuff. Are we out of time? Uh, we have one more minute. All right. Uh, so for in hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. Uh, for who hopeth for that which he seeth, but if we hope for that which we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Remember, the, the biblical hope here is not a hope-so hope as we know the word hope. The biblical hope is a K-N-O-W, the no-so hope. And so uh, if, if he were to write this today, he would use the word K-N-O-W most likely instead of the word hope. Uh, and so we, we absolutely wait with patience because we know God is going to give us a new body. We're going to have heaven because of Jesus and the such. All right. Very good. Any final thoughts on that before we move on? Ryan was awful quiet tonight. I was thinking on all of that. I try not to say anything if I don't have anything useful to say. Amen. But, uh, we appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Saves a lot of headache. <laughs> Oof. Uh, I just figured it was a long day on the brick wall today. I didn't a little know. bit of both, yeah. I was just thinking about that. You know, if, it, if it's a no-so hope, and is a no-so hope a thing. Absolutely. That's what I was thinking. It doesn't, it seems a contradiction to what he's saying because he says, you know, uh, where's it at? For we were saved in this hope, you know, hope being, um, like the other verse says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. So right. faith is the substance of that hope. Um, but the hope that is seen is not hope. So if you've seen it and you know that it's there, it's not hope. Well, okay. So, so but that, that's exactly what I'm trying to get at. We know it without seeing it. Mm. You believe it without seeing. You don't know it. That's why it's hope. No, I, according to what he's substance. Saying. It's the substance. Your, mm -hmm. your your faith is that K N O W. You see what I'm saying? The faith is your belief in the hope. And that's the K N O W. Well, that I'm trying not to say. Knowing. Huh? But that's not knowing. Because if you if you see it, I I. You know what you see what I'm saying? He no. says I if do. you see it, it's not hope. Is what he says right here. Yeah. So I'm not seeing it. I'm. You believe it. it. So how can you know something yeah. you don't see? By faith. It's the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. So, so my faith is how I K-N-O-W it. Mm. All right. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Because there's, there's evidence and you don't see it, but you can tell that it was there because of the evidence. R right. Yeah. And, and so one of the... This may be a really bad analogy, but um, before we became such a transient people, um, my folks would tell me about an uncle that I had in Wisconsin. I never talked to him, never saw him, never saw a letter from him. They just told me he was real. I believed it. 
you know. And, and, and it is still true. He's he's up there. You know, he mm. may be dying mm. by now or dead. But I, I had an uncle, and I, I had to believe what they told me. Mm-hmm. You know, you remember when Jesus said to Thomas and the disciples, you believe because you see. Blessed are those who believe and will not see. Okay? Mm. Well, well what, what is that belief? It's a K-N-O-W belief without seeing. Does that make sense? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure I fully agree, but I, you know. Some, some things you can know, though. Yeah. You just know, yeah, you, you know they, by the, and you've never seen them. Yeah, before. you know There's by something. the evidence, you know by, you know, common sense. Yeah, so I, I, yeah. And I think that's maybe what we're Yeah, what we're I think it's a getting hung up on terms more than Semantics. Yeah. Yeah. That's yep. good discussion. Yep. Yeah. Good discussion. Yeah. All right, awesome. So moving on to sugar sticks. Yeah, that verse is uh, Hebrews 11, 1 through 3. last week was depressing with the current three. events. Mm. That, that faith. <laughs> We'll say that again. I'll go I'm down. That faith, the, uh, we're talking about faith as being the substance of things hoped for. So mm-hmm. Hebrews 11, 1 through 3 right. is the discussion there, just, just for no. Yep. Uh, do we all go? I can't remember. Yeah, you go, Dad. All right. So my sugar stick is a man after God's own heart. Uh, this comes from uh, David's life. Uh, a man after God's own heart does the right thing after he's done the wrong thing. Uh, he does the right thing when the wrong thing would advance him. He does the right thing when everyone wants him to do the wrong thing, and he does the right thing when the right, I'm sorry, he does the right thing even when the right thing could lead to his death. So that's a sugar stick that I, I love to share and thank on. Very good. Uncle Gavin? Uh, I, I'm coming back to, I know I've talked about this before, but curiosity has been such a, a blessing to me. God-given curiosity, they say, you know, there's the negative side, curiosity, kill the cat, cat. that that kind of thing. But satisfaction brought it back. (laughs) I've never heard that part of it. (laughs) But there's a satisfaction in pursuing a curiosity that blooms into something that's a huge blessing to you. Just the discovery of something new about God, the discovery about something new about creation, um, or in your, you know, your line of work, discovering a new approach to um, dealing with something you face every day in work. Uh, curiosity has been the, the re- I don't, maybe not resurrector, but the rescuer of my, me from burnout. So mm. if you get on to a, you know, a, the slog, and then this little shiny thing on the, you know, on the bluff or on the bank uh, draws your attention, I think a lot of times it's God saying, hey, have a look. Check it out. Uh, it's the glory of God to hide a thing. It's the glory of kings to discover Just it. I think discover. God encourages curiosity. Um, That's how it, Moses ended up saving the people from Israel, is curiosity, because he could have yeah. just walked on by the bush. Oh, That's there's right. a bush burning over there. Yeah. I wonder how many times he walked past that burning bush. He had to walk past it at least once to say, hey, it's still burning. Mm-hmm. So, Or he's been watching it, wasn't it for miles. Consumed. Yeah. yeah, it's still burning. And, and I don't think that it was probably out of the realm of reason for something to be on fire in the desert, mm-hmm. you know, where there is no water, you know, but for it to be on fire and not consumed. Now <laughs> and everything else around it that might right. have burned too. Yeah. So was it smoking? Because because for smoke to happen, that that may have been what drew him in. Right, <laughs> it's on fire and there's no smoke. Yeah. Well, uh, so there goes the thing yes. where there's smoke, there's fire. See, uh, <laughs> just yeah. Where just, there's smoke, there's a bush. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> in, in go. God's in God's economy, it's another uh, reference that I didn't even think about when uh, in Genesis 15 when he's calling Abraham, he uses fire and smoke uh, as symbols of his presence. Right. That there's another example right. of the fire in the desert uh, where God's reconnecting 
the Hebrews to his promise to Abraham. Mine kind of plays off of yours as kind of the uh, a tool to help satisfy your curiosity, which is YouTube. I've been, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, on a kick watching, you know, comparisons of different the YouTubes. and whatnot. So it's nice to be able to, you know, if you want to know how such and such gun performs after being thrown in a mud puddle, you know, you can just look on YouTube. It's all there. You don't got to throw your own gun in the mud puddle. <laughs> it's you know? all there. I, yep. I'm stuck on the fails right now. Yeah. And oh, the, yeah. The jump scares. Oh, my goodness. But I, by God's grace, Dawn, because... I, I, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. And I don't like to be jump scared. So. Start like that could actually... Yeah, be careful. Your that. heart might give out when we really start getting serious about it. Have you seen that app now not, that on not. the computers where they, you're, if you're looking in the computer, a little spider comes over your head. <laughs> oh, and yes. Yes. Those are awesome. My favorite one is the pizza delivery guy. And there's this beautiful woman in this huge artistic drawing, and all of a sudden it goes to a demon person, and the, the pizza guy just loses it. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Um, I just simply put that my sugar stick was friends who push you to be better and take risks. Because I'm in a comfort spot, and people are pushing me to not be in a comfortable spot. So I put that as my sugar stick to hopefully turn my resentment towards them. Did. <laughs> 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 Uh, Gavin, what's, I'm trying to remember the statistic. How many people in the nursing home wish they would have taken more risks? Oh, yeah. Like 86%? 80, yeah, at least. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, I wish I would have done that. You know, well, before you get to that point, Ivan, you, you need to... <laughs> got, got I'm stuff? kidding. I'm kidding. It's okay. Shots fired. He didn't hear you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. Very good. Let's move on before we lose... Oh, he's well, a member. Um, okay. Mystery topic. I think it's between me and Ryan. Yeah. You're up. All right. Cool. So I don't really know how to uh, present it as a topic, but my mystery topic is my dislike of a certain popular Christian song. Oh. One of my favorite examples. So it's the, I'm trying to, I don't, I think it's uh, make room. You don't room. listen to it because okay, make I, room. I don't listen to a lot of contemporary Christian. You got to sing it for us. Uh, no. <laughs> and I will make room, right? Yeah, that one. You. Yeah. Don't like the song. Um, for one, you know, I just don't like the style of it. No. Your rendition oh, was Randy good. Randy doesn't I, like I'm it either. Kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, I don't. Know. So minor complaint when you're saying you're making room for God, that's kind of like, well, I'm, I've got my life going on. I'll just kind of let them in and let them fill in a few of the cracks is kind of what it brings to mind. That's not my main complaint. That's just one that I... Good point. Yeah. One that I didn't really like. But then when it gets to the, the line, um, tear to, break down the walls of all my tradition. Is that how it goes? Yes. Yeah. And then break down the walls of all my religion. I, uh, I messed up the... Uh, the tradition part it's but it's talking about tearing up the foundation of your tradition i'm i'm just i don't understand why that would be a good thing um tearing down traditions just for the sake of it is kind of a lot of the problems that my generation has right now they don't have any respect for traditions mm. so they just tear them down because they don't understand them because right. it's cool and hip yeah it is yeah. yeah and some things sure they need to be torn down but as far as like generally tearing down traditions i don't know if that's the best message but then when it gets to uh break down the walls of all my religion that's where I really start to separate myself from the song. It seems generally like more of a, uh, what's the word? Emotional. Yeah, deconstructionist. De yes. Is what it seems a lot more to me because if you're 
tearing down the walls of your religion, I went into a minor study of the meaning of religion, and it, and it got me thinking, like, even if you just define religion as a belief in worship of God, which is like the basic um, right. definition, um, whether it's a true or a false God, then the line doesn't make sense. And if you're tearing down your religion to worship God truly, then it's not your religion. <laughs> so right. it, it just logically doesn't make any sense. Right. Um, because at that point, you're renouncing it. And it seemed, the, I can't think of a logical explanation other than that it's just thinly veiled heresy trying to sound like it's going for the idea of it's a relationship, not religion, which I don't really agree with anyway. Um, but so it's both. It is it's both. both. It is both, yeah. But I, I dislike when people say it's not a religion, so I looked up in the Webster 1828 um, app what religion is, and the basic is any system of faith and worship, and that it goes into saying it basically, you know, whether you're Christian, Hindu, Muslim, whatever, belief in God and his moral commands, that's religion. But then the um, more complete, it says, in its most comprehensive sense, includes a belief in the being and perfections of God, I believe in that, uh, and the revelation of his will to man, I'm with them there, and man's obligation to obey his commands, with them there, uh, and the state of reward and punishment, and man's accountableness to God, also true godliness or piety of life, with the practice of all moral duties. It therefore comprehends theology as a system of doctrines or principles, as well as practical piety for the practice of moral duties without a belief in a divine lawgiver and without reference to his will and commands is not religion. So just being a good person is not religion, which I think that's kind of where the religion versus relationship argument tends to go. It seems like you're saying you're just trying to be a good person. You don't actually have a relationship with God, but that's actually the diametrically opposed from what the actual definition of religion is. So kind of a, a little bit of a rant there, kind of left the, the yeah. song a little bit. but That's okay. A little bit. Yeah. But I just, I don't know, every time I hear the song, it just drives me nuts because I, I I've had song, songs that got under my skin like that too. And, and just from my outsider look in, uh, I will make room for you. I agree with that's it should be, to that's not a total surrender. That's like, I'm going to put you on the coffee table right in the center. Yeah. And you'll you'll the, fill in a few little cracks yeah. here and there, but I still got my own thing going on. Yeah, right. but I, making room for God is, is like, um, you know, making room for the president when he's in his white house. If you, if you've surrendered to God, your life is his. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the break down all the walls of my tradition depends on your traditions. Now, yeah. Some, yeah. some yeah. families have some pretty bad traditions. Mm -hmm. Uh, shared one of the traditions that I kind of lost when I lost my family and one of, one of my little, chapters on this new study. Um, when I was a kid, I, I guess it must have been pestering dad to death to do something special on my birthday. And he just lit up like, oh, oh yeah, I, we, let's, I know what we can do on your birthday. So he got all excited. He said, come on, come on, back, go back to my room. Didn't I tell you this already? I've heard so, it. He cracks me up just hearing it again. He goes, he goes go, get back to his bedroom. He goes, crawl under the bed there. Crawl under the bed. He's like, what? He said, well, yeah, it's your birthday. Crawl under your bed. We do this all the time. My family, when we were kids, everybody crawled under the bed on their birthday. So really, what? No, no, go, go on, get in there. You'll see. Get in there. Get under the bed. So I crawl under the bed, and I've got a picture of me looking out from under the bed like, why am I under the bed here? <laughs> So Dad took a picture of me under that. I've been after my sister Tracy to try, try to find that, and I'll, I'll show it sometime. But that kind of tradition, we can lose. I, I'm okay with tearing down that tradition anyway. Um, I don't even know where I was going with after that. Uh, yeah, you had kind yeah, of had a tangent like I did. I, I, building, I, building new traditions, I, maybe? I've been scarred by a tradition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is it all of a sudden this broke into a therapy session? <laughs> How did that make you feel, Gavin? <laughs> 
pr pretty bewildered. Everybody la walked out laughing, and I was like, can I get out now? <laughs> it's my birthday. <laughs> it, so anyway, some well, traditions can be pulled down. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Well, and if we're looking at it from a standpoint of a... Um, freshly saved person, that's mm. not the word section probably, yeah. but a newly saved a person, new thank you, a mm. new believer, their traditions are rooted in their past and in their sin. Yeah. So breaking those traditions, yes, for sure. Mm. And But I agree with you If you, you twin in it that with the other line, though, with religion, it kind of couples the two together, that you have these traditions that are set up within your religion and you're trying to tear them all down. And there's, there could be some, some validity to that and if they went to church or were forced to go to church and they they had a, a religious um, upbringing, upbringing that never reached them. You know, mm -hmm. that, that kind of thing. I can see that too, but I, I'm, I'm with you. I yeah. get it. You don't want to renounce your religion yeah. right. or your faith. So. And I think it's, you know, we've used the word surrender uh, as opposed to make room. And I believe that that's the difference. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the, the word commitment. Uh, as Christians, we're pretty prone to you. Well, I've committed to doing this, that, or the other, but we're still in control. I've made room. You know, well, have you surrendered? You know, can God tell you whatever he wants to tell you? And you'll say, yes, sir, you know, type thing. Um, I, I, I agree with your findings. I do believe, however, that we have to be willing to navigate all of the different possibilities of people of our day with that word religion. You know what I'm saying? And, that, and that's why I do personally use this whole thing of, you know, we don't do religion here. We, we do Christianity. It's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Using the 1828, absolutely, we do religion, mm -hmm. you know. But yeah, and it seems like, to me, I think you're more likely to win someone over to your religion if you are saying that it is, I mean, the truth is that it is a religion by definition. I don't know. So saying that it's not just definitely. seems like, I don't know. But, but would you agree, though, that some, the definitions change? Um, maybe. I mean, I mean, there's some words in 2024 mm -hmm. you don't use that I used in 1984 That's true. all yeah. the time. Because the definition changed or because our perception of what's appropriate changed? Right, right. right. I, yeah. We consider it argue whether they should have been changed. Mm -hmm. The reality is, is that they are. And so uh, I... I I, because I, I agree with you. I, mm -hmm. I don't have any problem with saying that that I am, you know, completely into religion. But talking to a person that doesn't know squat about what that word means, and they've heard CNN and everybody else talk about how bad religion is, mm -hmm. or they've seen a bad actor in religion, I want them to know that my emphasis is upon my personal love relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah, you. which happens to be religion, cool. but <laughs> we don't have to tell him. Yeah. Until all they right. listen to this show. <laughs> Anything that, else? That's all I had, so. All right. Well, that's Good discussion. Enough. Yeah. <laughs> Filled the time. So, so yeah, I, yeah, way way like to ruin that too. song, Ryan. Yeah, yeah, I didn't mean to be apologist for the song, but I was just no, trying, no. To, trying to I fill was, in the blanks. If I, if I was mistaken or misunderstood somewhere, mm -hmm. I mean, no. I'm all for arguments. Right. Sure. Well, but and I think these discussions are good, especially oh, yeah. in this day and age, because I do believe that the devil is... In the world and is in the using our Devil. music is using music to get into churches to get to Christian people because that is a weak point. Mm -hmm. We're very um, lax, I think, in our defenses against. Yeah, and music. like Ben says all the time, you know, you'll sing more lies than you'll ever say, yeah. and you know that's how. From what limited understanding I have of it, um, 
back like before literacy was worldwide, that's how people learn scriptures is they right. would learn it in song. Right. So it's very, it, it, you'll learn a lot through song. Well, bless you. And, and let me say this, that for, for me, and this song would, would apply, we, we sing it here. We like the song generally. We're just pointing out some areas that, that we're, we, we wish could be different. Mm -hmm. With that said, yeah. um, I, if I were king for a day in the Christian kingdom, I would ban all negative songs against church or religion for the airways for the world. I, I believe it's wrong for us to beat up the Lord's church publicly. <clears throat> That's laundry we ought to take care of right here. You know, let's don't do our laundry on 99.1, you know, because as far as I'm concerned, that's all the more reason for the world to go, see there, they don't even like no themselves. No reason to bother. <laughs> yeah. No reason to yeah. bother. Anyway. It's a, a song that I, really bothers me. It's that, uh, Brother, Let Me Be Your Fortress. Uh, so he, in one of the lines in the song is shining like, a, shining like a lighthouse from the sea. Lighthouses don't shine from the sea. No, they don't. <laughs> they're on the, they're on the <laughs> shore. That's yeah, a very good point. They shine to the sea. <laughs> Lighthouses are on the shore. <laughs> so you get that mixed up, you're going to be in trouble. I'm just saying. I'm just thinking of Southern guys. <laughs> <laughs> Brother, let me be a fortress. Yeah. Brother, Never let, let me be your fortress. Yeah. I can't remember the part you're talking yeah. about, though. All right. <laughs> Very good. Have a new kid. This, well, I can't, I can't say this in all authority, but we are getting really close to being done with this book and probably moving on to something else. So if there were anything, that, you, if there was a topic that you wanted us to discuss that you might have seen either on the screen or in the index, now is your time to shout it out. If no one has anything, the panel has picked some topics that we were going to discuss. All right. Anybody got a topic? All right. Ryan. I do not because I forgot. Oh my come paper. on! No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uncle Gavin, did you pick a topic? I did. Peer okay. pressure. Peer pressure. Peer group friends. This is one area that my parents were vigilant in. Super vigilant. Uh, way before it was popular. They peer pressured you. They. they, they <laughs> well, uh, yes. <laughs> were vigilant on friends that I got to hang out with. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. Hyper, sorry. hyper vigilant about that. So they didn't know somebody, they wanted to know them, and after they met them, a lot of times they'd say, I don't think you should have right. so and so back over right. again. So, really, why, well, why not? Right, so, and that goes so, hand in hand with like being influenced. So right? what does Kevin say about that? So, so he, he just goes on how important that is, and he talks about a couple of studies here that uh, for one year, years ago, a classic study of peer pressure was done in which groups of 10 children were brought into a room. Three lines were drawn on the board, <clears throat> and the children were asked to identify which line was the longest. The first line the experimenter pointed to was definitely the second longest line, but when he asked, is this the longest line, nine of the kids, would, their hands would shoot up. Why was this? Those nine children were actually in cahoots with the experiment. They had been told to vote for the second longest line. So pretty famous experiment. Shows, shows that they can be influenced and then everybody else that's not in on the, the study, oh, I, right. Yeah, that's right. The subject uh, being tested was actually the remaining child. Would the child have cave into peer pressure when, when his peers were undoubtedly wrong? Well, you can guess what happened. An expression of disbelief would cross the face of the child. Then in three-fourths of the cases, even though the subject child would plainly see with his own eyes that the other nine children were absolutely wrong in their vote, he would raise his hand to vote with the peer group. 
it's tough to stand alone. It's tough yes, at this age to stand alone. Yes. M much less at 12 or, you know, 6 or 18 or, or whatever the case may be. But, and I do believe that is something that is taught at home. You know, you, you, need, you need to straight up say, we want to make sure you guys have the character and the ability to stand alone when something is obviously wrong. That's why I named my son Maverick, because that's what I want him to be <laughs> able to do. Among good. his Amen. generation. Amen. Amen. Uh, and what he says, too, is that there's nothing you can do about the strength of peer influence. <clears throat> it's a part of life. But what you can do is be aware of your child's activities and who their friends are. Very good. Oh, uh, speaking of that, so there's actually a Fox News uh, you know, thing on this a couple, three days ago, maybe last week, about the sleepovers are going away. Yeah. Because of the danger, because <clears throat> of the potential, and, and all this very thing, but also, God forbid, uh, you know, creeper parents or, or whatever, yeah. and, and so they're just becoming uh, stayovers for a couple hours, uh, or, or whatever the case may be. But, but their <clears throat> parents are putting an end to sleepovers. Interesting. Unfortunately, in our culture, that's yeah, almost it's safe. A necessity. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The number of kids that report that that's where they were first right. harmed. Harmed. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put or it. Just get into stuff with the friends that they shouldn't be getting into. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Dad, did you have a topic? So I, I wrote down uh, selfishness and uh, showing off, but I don't have a book, so you'll have to look that up. S selfishness, uh, I can speak to from the standpoint of, I, I believe it's the number one barrier to being in third place. You know, loving God, loving others is never going to happen when you and I are selfish, all right? And uh, so uh, Mr. Lehman uh, says, Lehman, however you say his name, kids by their nature are selfish, having little social interest in anyone else. We parents ought to take a clue from the first thing they say when they're born, wah. All they care about is themselves and whether they're warm, cuddled, fed, life is truly all about me. The human species is interesting and different from most other species because it takes a while for a young child to become fully functional versus the, this happening much faster in the animal community. For the first year, the child doesn't usually talk, feed herself, or, or, or I'm sorry, et cetera. She is completely dependent on mommy. Uh, dad doesn't quite have the body parts needed, he says. When the child begins to get mobile, is an important time for training, especially in the area of sharing, more on that in sharing. You see blatant examples of kids' selfish natures all the time. When this happens, say to the child, that was a selfish thing to do. Did you mean to be selfish? Many times the child will say no. Can you think of a better way to handle the situation, you ask? Why don't you call your friend back now and suggest something different? In this situation, your responsibility is to be the shepherd guiding the sheep. Like a good shepherd, you sometimes have to guide them gently in the right direction with your staff, even when you feel like whacking them over the head, he says. Don't do that. Every parent has a responsibility to guide their child towards selfless behavior and thinking of others. In my seminars, I ask parents, why do we stop at stoplights? Because it's the law, and you don't want to get a ticket, they'll usually say. The best answer, I say, is that we stop so we don't hurt <clears throat> someone else. Note the difference between the answers. And the fact that the unselfish answer isn't the first one that came up, all of us are selfish. We live in a self-driven society. There's even a magazine called Self. When you teach a child not to be selfish, you're actually teaching him to be antisocial, 
uh, anti-societal, to be unlike everyone else. But why do you want your child to be like everyone else anyway? Learning to be selfless is an important trait for a healthy child. We've worked hard at installing that in our children from age 10 on. Lauren has taken the time to write the child to the child we sponsor in El Salvador. It's good for her to understand and see that the majority of the world has far less than she does. We also deliver groceries during the holiday to needy families. Modeling giving as a family and as an individual to those who are less fortunate than you is very important. Friends of ours volunteer on Saturday mornings in a soup kitchen. Their teenage children go with them. Funny thing is, before they started serving in the soup kitchen, those teenagers were always bugging their parents about getting another car so they wouldn't have to be inconvenienced when their parents' car wasn't available. After three weeks in the soup kitchen, the request wasn't mentioned again. When your children show selfishness, they need a little dose of reality, like the teenagers who served in the soup kitchen, or like the only child whose mom decided she wasn't going to share her treat with her child since her child had refused to share her treat with a neighborhood child earlier that day. Teaching selfishness pays off down the line. I've always seen the character, that character trait in our fourth born, Hannah. Ask anyone who knows her if they'd say selfishness is the way she lives her life. Last winter, one of Hannah's classmates needed a winter coat and didn't have money for it. Hannah, who heard of the need, just quietly bought the young woman a coat and gave it to her. So we could keep reading, but you get the idea. Um, Yesterday, something happened that, that is pretty normal in my existence, and it sounds like a self-serving story. It's not. I learned it from someone else. As a man, and ladies, you'll have to do your own thing depending on the leadership of the Holy Spirit, but when I see something in the road that is a hazard and could cause a wreck, I stop and I get it out of the way. Sometimes I'll put it in the car if it's appropriate. Sometimes I'll throw it in the ditch, whatever the case may be. But we were on the thoroughfare there uh, in St. Clair, headed towards McDonald's and the such. Uh, is that commercial? No, that's 47. Yeah, 30. 47. Anyway, there was a Christmas tree. I guess somebody had let it stay up this long. And it was, there was a Christmas tree, and it was right there in the middle of those two lanes, and people were already swerving. I, Tony and I were late for getting him to class. I pulled over to the bank parking lot. I got out. I waited for traffic and removed it. And I said, Tony, I do that for your mom and your sister, because somebody, if that, if something like that is in their way, I hope and pray that someone will do that for them. And that is what I was told years and years ago, and I've been doing it ever since. And so, you know, that, that's selfless, if you will, because I'm taking time out to remove something that other people need removed. Uh, and, and again, that's why I'm saying, you know, it's, it's a dangerous thing. Uh, but the reality is, is if, if it's not removed, it's, it's more dangerous. Well, and the example in action, like you talked about how modeling selflessness is the, one of the best ways to teach it. Right. Um, you have done that for a very long time. And we have grown up with you stopping the car and getting things out of the road. And where on one Sunday, I myself, although I was in heels and a dress, pulled over on 30 and went and got stuff off of the road too. I was like, I look ridiculous. And, but, but yeah, so it is, it is something that can be taught, especially through modeling. Mm-hmm. And I liked, I liked his way of also asking the the child questions like yeah. you don't always just tell your child exactly what they're supposed to right. do it is good to have them 
try to think introspect right. and think about the 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 answer and not just be given the answer. So I guess there's another approach to it too, and Jesus kind of taps on this when he says, uh, "Love thy neighbor as thyself." There, there's there's an, a, there's a right place for self love. Yeah, and there's a, sure. There's a, but when it's only self love and nothing else, right? Um, or that, even self love to the detriment of others. To to the detriment, of, and. I think we all understand self-love because we've all been selfish and we're all continue to be selfish to a degree. But if we can be selfish for other people, so the same things that we would want and hold and covet, make that happen for somebody else, that, that makes the connection. Oh, their life is important too. That, that, mm. I mean, um, I shouldn't consider myself and my appreciation for myself more important than appreciation for my neighbor. You remember the movie uh, Facing the Giants when the football football pastor the football coach was integral in one of the linemen coming to christ and he had an issue with his dad and it, but after he came to christ he went and made it right with his dad well his dad was worked at a dealership you know type deal so the coach needed a truck and so the dealer he provided a truck for the mm-hmm. coach you know it, I've, yeah. and, and he didn't want the coach to know where he got it from you know so self-love is a demonstration of how you should treat others right all right, I think I'm going to go ahead and end that there so that we can have time for our Proverbs and Psalm. Uncle Gavin, do you have that for us? I do. Psalms 86. This has been become my uh, repeated prayer daily when I get things get busy and crazy and feeling stressed. When I bust, bust an eye, vessel of my eye, this prayer is the one I, I go to. It's uh, Psalms 86, 16 and 17. O turn to me and have mercy on me. Give thy strength unto thy servant and save the son of thy handmaid. Shew me a token for good that they which hate me may see it and be ashamed because thou, Lord, has hope in me and comforted me. That's just been a, a go-to for me lately. To, In the heat of things, give me your strength, Lord. <laughs> so, show yourself strong on my behalf, I think is how it's interpreted in the NIV. But e- either way, I'll take it, Lord. I, I need, need the help. All right, very good. All right, thank you guys for joining us tonight. Make sure you invite your friends, neighbors, and relatives to next week and share the word on your socials. Thank you and good night.